Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. I just love the joy of all this internet remote podcasting malarkey. It's such a guffawful, but it's totally worth it when we get there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to both of you for joining me on The Brown the Brave. What I love about this podcast is that it's created the opportunity for strangers to reach out to you and tell you about the amazing things that they're doing. And that's exactly why we're here. Uh, a massive thank you to Eleanor Cunningham and Jaime Molina of 10,000 Hours Photo Book Project, would you say? Is that is that what we're calling it? Yeah, really short title. Yeah. <laughs> Eleanor, you had sent me a message on Instagram. You told me about this amazing project that you're both you've you've both brought to life in the last year and yeah as soon as like I read everything about it I was like I want to know more so I guess like to dive into it and we're, we're going to get really into it my first question would be if you had like an elevator pitch if we were going to put you, you both on like Dragon's Den or something what would you say to describe what 10,000 hours is all about? I would say it's um documentation of Scottish craftsmanship that's like in one sentence that's how I would put it I think that's a pretty good summary yeah it's um it's a funny thing because I think craftsmanship quite traditionally just means crafts as you would you know you would imagine them you know pottery and jewelry and all those kind of things but um obviously the relationship between um that and food is what the book kind of focuses on so the idea came from the larder really the Edinburgh larder that I run and we kind of we've always sort of thought as the food producers that work with us as craftspeople because they normally train for 10,000 hours at least to to do what they do so when me and Jamie met and uh, I call him Jamie sorry me and Jaime met <laughs> uh, we started talking about that and uh, he'd done some some books before with sort of foragers and people that we've worked with a lot in the larder and um, just thought it'd be really interesting to document the kind of link between food producers and craftspeople. I'm right in saying that it is just in the last year that you've brought this this idea to life, is that right? Yeah, literally less than a year, probably eight months. Yeah, we met just over a year ago, I think, when uh, Jaime came to do some photographs in the larder just of our food. And then we kind of got chatting about ideas and it all sprung from there, really. I love that when you just start having a conversation with somebody and then it just spirals into like something and then you're like, well, we need to do it now because we've said yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I literally just clicked. Like when we met and we just sat down just talking about what I used to do and what the larder is about. It just clicked and we just carry on going on the tangent and just talking about our projects and our passions and and then just like the idea of like, maybe we should do something together in the future. And then here we are, a year later. And that's the thing about this year, as much as it's been so challenging in so many ways, and I'm sure we'll also kind of touch on that, but the things that have came out of the, the past year and the creativity, and maybe like the space, the opportunity for, for things like that to come to fruition, even though it's been difficult for us to even be in the same room as somebody to create something and like you know I'm so grateful to be able to have this conversation with you both 
online, but it, I commend you both for going for it, even though I'm sure that it was challenging along the way to make this happen in COVID times. Definitely, yeah. There's been lots of kind of restrictions and things that we've had to kind of think about. Like we'd planned to start outside of Edinburgh originally. And then we were just like, well, we can't do that anymore. So let's just, you know, do it really close to home and focus on the loads of great sort of food and craft producers that there are in the in the city centre. So, um, yeah, and it worked out really well, actually. It was it was a lovely place to start. But we keep talking about, you know, the remote kind of places that we want to get to. And it's quite exciting to think about the length of the project that it could be, you know, because we're doing probably one book a quarter. I would I would think is kind of it might be slightly slower just now. But it's going to take a while to get around everywhere in Scotland, <laughs> which is nice. So you're both bringing your your own skill sets to this project. I guess, like looking to you first, Eleanor, you'd mentioned the larder. So you have a cafe in Edinburgh, yeah. which I am totally coming to as soon as I'm allowed to. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. But I also know that you are an artist as well. Yeah, I studied textile design. And I think the cafe has always been very creative as a result of that. You know, we've always had loads of creative um, people that have come and worked with us, whether or not they're working with us while they're studying or, you know, lots of the people that have worked with us have been illustrators. So they've kind of illustrated all the blackboards and things like specials boards around the cafe and they've done lots of illustration in the windows and things. And it's always been quite a creative place to be. Um, and right from the very start, we've used Scottish food producers who really care about what they do on a very small scale. So there's always been a kind of link there, I think, between yeah the people that work with us and the people um, whose produce we, we serve. So, yeah, that's where it kind of came from. But I've, I've, when I moved to the coast about a year and a half ago, I moved um, to Dunbar. And I think getting back to the coast really made me think that it was time to get back into doing some art. So I have started doing that in the last year or so. I've started getting back into painting and doing some textiles and things. So um, it's been lovely to do that alongside the project. It kind of, you know, really feels like I'm getting back into where my roots were and, and that I've kind of stepped away from, even though the larger is a creative business. I feel like I've, you know, I haven't been creative myself on a canvas for a really long time. Um, I graduated uni over 20 years ago, so um, it definitely feels like I've found part of myself that was missing again, you know, which has been amazing. Well, that's again, that's a silver lining out of the last year. It's been maybe that pause that everyone's had an opportunity to like go back and think about what is important to us and you know like reignite that flame of things that get us excited definitely I think to start with it was a massive shock because I think the larder I've had it for 11 years and it's just been such a huge part of my life I felt like I'd had you know a bit of myself ripped out um but I I think very quickly I kind of came to realize that I haven't really stopped for the past 11 years and it was totally like you say it was really amazing to have a bit of space and a bit of time to think about what's actually really important and go off and do some creative things so yeah it's been great for that that's awesome and what about yourself Jaime what is your kind of creative background and and how did you end up coming together with Eleanor and this this brilliant partnership? So I've always been interested in photography and I did my undergrad in Falmouth down in Cornwall and then I moved to Edinburgh a couple of years ago and I've always wanted to work with crafters and people involved with like in nature and people that are passionate about the landscape. 
right? Uh, that's what I've been focusing on for the past couple of years. I, I was looking for an opportunity to keep practicing and keep learning and keep exploring that passion that I have for people and their stories. So, yeah, so when we when we started talking with Eleanor, I didn't realize how rich Scottish craftsmanship can be. And it just gave me more, like more of a passion to like explore that, right? And I think, yeah, like, especially now in COVID, during COVID times is, is a bit hard because there easily there's not that many commissions or there's not that much stuff to do or to work with. But it has definitely given us the opportunity to just go outside and explore and keep working and keep learning like on, on a weekly basis, really. Hey, I mean, what other kind of projects would you, you know, in non-COVID times, what kind of photographic projects would you normally be working on? And do they like, do they differ from this project or is it kind of in the similar kind of field? Yes, they are, they, I think most of my practice connects itself through humans' interaction with nature. That's how I, if I was to pitch myself to someone and they would ask me, what do you do? What sort of photography do you do? And I would say, yeah, it's just like I focus on like the interaction between humans and nature. And then that could be from like artists or chefs or people that work in like the in the creative industry, all the way to so like the impact, the damaging impact that humans have over nature. So a lot of things with animal cruelty or or rehabilitation or climate change and things like that. So if, I mean, I've only be, been outside of the university for two years, and this is the big, the first big project that I've worked on since then. Um, but I mean, obviously, if it wasn't because of COVID, I'll probably be in Spain documenting the bullfights. So that's a project that is always at the back of my head that I, I think I wrote my dissertation on the evolution of bullfights and how impacted the Spanish culture. So that's a project that I want to carry on exploring. Um, and I think if I was to explore, it would be the relationship between Catholicism and the bullfights, because there's a lot of like links between them. It is everything, everything is about humans and nature, basically. Uh, but there's so much stuff that you can do. Of course, of course. So I guess, you know, you had that first initial conversation. You both are very excited. You've got all the ideas. It's like one of those amazing, magical moments where you're just like, yes, we're going to do this. But then where do you start, like, to create this amazing book? Like, I, I can't even imagine the amount of work that's gone into it. So I think I was quite lucky that I've, in the past I've produced a couple of books and I've helped people produce their own photography books. So that's where that idea of making it into a book came from. And then just from there, it's just trying to find the people. I think that's that's the hardest thing that we've encountered is trying to find the right people that will fit the brief, if you can put it like that, right? We want people that are passionate about their craft, but that they also have like a nice relationship with their environment and they're, they're conscious about their impact. And so we want to like explore that. In terms of how to put it into a book, you yeah, you just basically take the photos and and just put them inside the pages, really. But I, I don't know, it's it sort of comes natural to me. And for some reason, I was never I, I was never a big reader when I was a kid. And I'm not. 
like a big reader today, but the, the idea of having a material, a physical thing that you can scroll and you can see and you can explore, it is very appealing to me. It is something that excites me a lot. Like is a tactile object that tells a story is very interesting. So it's just playing with it. I think it's, it's very, like from me, it comes from a very childlike memory of like looking at the book and like seeing the pictures and seeing like how everything like goes along the way and creates this narrative, right? Yeah. And I think I just carry on that child mindset when I'm working with books or when I'm working with different artists and they want to make their book, their project into a book, is that having that curiosity and having that, I don't know, like wanting to explore that and wanting to make it into a, an exciting project. Like once you start honing in on an idea and really looking at what you want it to be, it's like that curation, isn't it? It's it's, you, it's almost like going with your gut in terms of like, we know what this is, who's going to fit the brief and it's not to be like, it's an exclusive club. But, you know, this is something that you're going to put your time and energy into, so it's got to be right. The, the storytelling aspect of photography alone is really important. It's not just like taking a nice photograph, it's like everything behind behind that, that image. Definitely. I think there's... Um... There's so many people that we could have involved. And I think actually when we were doing the Edinburgh one, we got a bit carried away with the food producers. We've only got one craftsperson in there. So I think that'll change. You know, you kind of live and learn as things go on. But you're totally right. It's not it's not an exclusive sort of thing at all. It's more to sort of draw attention to how incredible the food and craft producers in Scotland are in every single region of the country. There's a million people that we could we could work with. Um, so it's been really hard kind of trying to narrow that down. And as as Hemi was saying, I think both of us work in a very similar way in the sense that we, I, I didn't read a lot as a kid either. You know, I had dyslexia and, um, and I, I didn't read many books, but I've always loved the physical kind of book with pictures in it, especially kind of recipe books and things, you know. And I think when Jaime first showed me his book, um, Foragers, that's when we kind of realised that there was definitely a very big kind of collaboration that could go on because the book was covered with the most like lovely fabric and it had kind of layers of tracing paper inside it with kind of handwritten text in it. And it was just so tactile you know it was just it was amazing so um I think the inspiration was that really um and just yeah just knowing how many people there was in Scotland that we could kind of focus on really to make something like that happen here yeah that is like what's going to spark the imagination you know whatever that that finished piece is it's like almost like you want to capture the essence of the people that you did go and research and speak to and learn about their, their craft and, and all that work that goes into that alone you know did you have a list of kind of people that you'd already worked with or that you were aware of just having the cafe I guess in Edinburgh and being exposed to that metropolis that is Edinburgh and people coming in and, and getting to know lots of artists and craftspeople did you just have your like yeah I know who I'm going to approach or did you have to do a lot of kind of online research as well we did a bit of both. Like a lot of the people um, that we've gone and spoken to are people that we use in the larder. Um, but we kind of put a map together, didn't we, Jaime? Because we were we were planning on starting kind of in the south, like in the borders in Dumfries and Galloway, um, just to go from south to north kind of thing. And I think also because 
the South is very overlooked as an area. Um, you know, generally people are kind of travelling up from England and they sort of come up to Edinburgh or like don't even think about where they're going through, come up to Edinburgh and then off to Sky or whatever, you know, and it, it kind of gets forgotten the south of Scotland quite a lot. So we were sort of thinking we would start there and we kind of started to plot different places that we wanted to go and see on a map. And then we were like, okay, we can't travel anywhere now. <laughs> So, <laughs> but yeah, we've both kind of done a fair bit of research online, haven't we? And kind of, and then combined that with people that we knew from the larger as well. It's also the kind of people that we want to meet as well, and the kind of projects that we want to incorporate in the book. So, for this, the East Lothian book, we're looking at doing the lobster hatchery in Norberic, which is not a crafter and is not a food producer but is a very nice story about learning to work with with the environment as well so, but it fits into the food producing side of things as well yeah how new kind of modern initiatives support really historical practices like fishing you know which have gone on in scotland for hundreds of years for you Jaime is there one or two kind of stand out stories that so far in doing this project that just really have stayed with you? I think the one that has a standout the most at the moment is Scott Smith from Fior, who also runs the, the Secret Herb Garden just outside Edinburgh. And it's all about sustainability and how can a restaurant run without having to buy that much stuff, right? So they will they will produce a lot of the veg in the secret her garden and will take it into the restaurant, right? And they will use as much Scottish produce as possible. So it's, yeah, so I think that one is one of the ones that I'm most passionate about, also because it's food and I, I just I just love it. I just love food and like the, it's, it's almost similar to being a child to trying to taste completely different flavors and trying to experiment and trying to like come up with like these different recipes using what you have around right mm. so i think yeah i think chefs will always be like that one that it will always be like that's the one that i'm most passionate about what about you eleanor are there any particular people that you've met and heard their stories and just been totally blown away by them all of them really all of them are just so passionate about what they do and they spent so long kind of doing it and you know they're all just amazingly talented people yeah I don't know that I can highlight one really I think it's been amazing for me because I've been involved in food for you know for the last 11 years it's been amazing for me to get back out and see the craftspeople so the first craftsperson that we met in Edinburgh was Jeff Calder who's a ceramicist who I've actually got a piece of his pottery in my house and um his story is amazing because he was—he's actually an engineer, um, and he was just kind of doing pottery as a sort of sideline. But he worked in Africa for quite a long time, and um, most of the colours on his pots have kind of come from there. So he's got sort of Scottish landscapes, but they've got these incredible kind of like really earthy sort of tones to them, and they're just beautiful. But yeah, hearing him and then he was talking about his son as well, who's also gone on to be a potter. So, you know, it was nothing to do with anything to do with their family beforehand. But I think both of them have kind of just got the hug for for making pots. And um, yeah, he was a great guy to meet. That's the thing about, you know, starting something like this and it's not just yourselves bringing your own skills to the table. It's then the opportunity to meet new people and then 
be inspired again. I'm sure now you're just like thinking of all the possibilities. That's the joy of, you know, starting something like this. And there's nothing more infectious than hearing people talk about something they're passionate about. Definitely. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. It's funny as well, because I think when I started the Larder, that was very much a big focus of mine was kind of going around and visiting suppliers and hearing all about their stories. But you kind of get caught up in the day to day sort of running the cafe and, you know, managing staff and all that kind of thing. And then I expanded quite quickly as well, set up a restaurant and then we took over the cafe at Whitmere Farm and I quite quickly had, you know, this massive team of people that I was running about after all the time. And it took my focus away from having those conversations with people quite a lot. And this has definitely offered an opportunity to get back into doing that. And it just, it really does. It it really makes you realise, you know, remember why you're doing what you're doing. And um, I'm really excited and passionate about it. So, yeah, really appreciated that. So what's what's kind of happening at this moment in time What in, in terms of your journey with 10,000 hours? So I think we, it's, it's very early right we we're only working on the second issue at the moment which is so we're working on the Lodian region at the moment but we're divided in different sections to make it a little bit easier especially right now and i think the more we realize the more we do it the more we realize that there's a lot of people <laughs> that we can we can be photographing so is how how big we can make each book and how much time we can spend on each region right so I, I mean, the whole one of the other points of the of the project is, is is learning, right? And we're learning as we go. I think yes, of course, we would love to do one for each region, but it's gonna take a long time, time investment and, and money investment and things like that. So that's where we decided to create the Edinburgh one to start with to show people what the project can can be, and just to give them like a, a sort of a taste. Of what it is so i think this one is going to be bigger isn't it i think we decided we'd quite like to involve a few more people and we've got we've already got three craftspeople in this one um and then we've been to see bellhaven smokehouse um and barbarella beats as well who creates like lovely meals using kind of local ingredients so yeah we were already four people into this East Lothian book. So yeah, over the next month or so we should be should be getting finished with that one as well. So is it a mixture of photography? Are there like quotes from the people involved? Is it, you know, is there copy? Like what exactly would you expect to find in the book? So you have the sequence of the images, which is of their process. So you have some portraits, you have some location images of the of the, the whole space and you have like a very nice detailed shots of their studio or kitchen or or themselves and you have like quite close-up images of them doing the work and creating what they're creating as well as a quote uh, a handwritten quote from them expressing what they do why they do what they do so trying to tell us their story through their own handwriting. Um, and I think it's very important to add that element, especially like for, for me from working in the past, it's very effective because you are instantly attracting it and you almost understand their voice through their own handwriting. And then you, we also, we're also working on producing images from the region as well, 
that you're gonna have to like create the sense of being in that space. I love that. That's really nice. That's really unique. That that handwriting idea. I think that's lovely because it's just like trying to capture. And obviously, in your photography, you'll be trying to capture the essence of the person and their work and the passion and the space and the place. But just to have that added extra of just like something that's very unique to each person, I think that's that's such a lovely touch. It looks really nice alongside the images. I think. Yeah, I think. Think in the next book we might do a bit more writing as well, um, just about you know the kind of different people and where they started and they're like a bit of background about their story because the written pieces are quite short. So yeah, I think I think the next one will be a little bit. It'll elaborate a little bit more on all the people that we're working with. And what has the response been like so far? It's been a really good response. I think that from all the people that we've worked with and kind of reached out to, they've all been really up for being involved and, um, yeah, really happy to kind of see the project happening um, and quite excited, I think, about being involved in it. Initially, we had quite a big kind of start because we, uh, we, d- we did start a campaign. We didn't complete it, but we decided to kind of go online and raise the funds ourselves. So so that was kind of like, you know, a fairly big start. And then since then, we've kind of got a bit swamped by the process of just going out and taking photos and talking to people. So the kind of next step is because we've got the printed the first printed edition now. The next step is to kind of send some copies of that out to people and just, you know, let them know what we're doing. So, yeah, it's kind of give and take of going and chatting to people and then doing bits of marketing. But the response has been amazing from everyone. In terms of like when you were initially approaching people, did anyone, you don't need to name them, obviously, but did anyone take a bit of convincing? I don't think so. Not really. People have been really, really, really glad that we are approaching them. Uh, And we had a couple of people approaching us as well. I mean, the worst case scenario is that they don't respond, but then that's that's that, and we don't really hear back from from those people. But everyone that has gone back to us has said that they're very interested and and they're they really like the idea. You know, we've touched on COVID and the kind of challenges of that. Are there any particular hurdles thus far that it may be COVID related or otherwise that you've had to overcome? I think the travelling side of things has been quite difficult. Um, obviously, we've had to kind of stick to restrictions and things. And then obviously going into people's studios as well, you know, we've got we've had to be quite careful about that. But other than that, I don't think so. I think we've kind of both just really wanted to make it happen. So we've sort of worked around things as much as we can just to get it done, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just means that we can't go to the islands or anything like that right now, but... That can not yet. Not yeah. yet. I like that. Yeah. That's, like, that's a growth mindset right there, Eleanor. Not yet. <laughs> not an opt. It's just not yet. And that's the thing. Like the possibilities are endless. You know, you can like you're saying you've got plans to do more books in more regions of Scotland and highlight the amazing craftsmanship and makers. And I mean, like you were saying earlier on, Jaime. Like who doesn't love food and get who doesn't get excited about food and people making things? Like I think it's just like a lovely way to celebrate the the plethora of talent and passion that we have in Scotland definitely and like traditional practices and stuff like just things that you wouldn't normally well certainly you know I wouldn't come across in everyday life and it's that just open up different worlds I would imagine it would spark folks imagination to maybe branch out and, and travel to places to see different things and learn about what's going on in your own country like what's going on in Scotland 
We hope so. That's the aim. I think especially over the next couple of years where people might not be able to travel abroad as much as possible. You know, it's kind of getting out into the remote corners that might not necessarily be explored, you know, and just highlighting what's what's there. Um, and you're totally right that, you know, a lot of them are based on very kind of historical practices, but, you know, bringing that into this time, you know, and using all the sort of history of production that there is in Scotland, but making it very modern and um yeah it's it is it's amazing seeing what's out there absolutely has there been like one particular standout highlight of the whole process thus far just a day or a moment that you were just like yes this is why we did this i don't know i think it's it's, it sounds quite cheesy but i think the whole interaction between eleanor and i like that is sort of created a friendship well it's definitely created a friendship between us Mm -hmm. and it's something that i mean you wouldn't think you wouldn't have thought about that really when you when you first like if you encounter us in the street you wouldn't really like pictures as as just like hanging out with each other like every week because that's what like that's pretty much what we do we just we just meet up every week and hang out and we go take the, the photos and we hang out with these amazing people and and document what they do yes the, the whole the whole experience has been great definitely it's been amazing um and like really reignited yeah, my kind of respect for the people that are all over Scotland, you know. Um, we've just gone and seen a couple of craftspeople in East Lothian and there's a woman called Kate Milbank who we went to see the other day and she makes these beautiful hand-cut um, lino prints and she puts them onto kind of birds and um, sort of things that you can hang on your wall and they're just, they're really beautiful. I think that kind of took me back to, um, I studied printmaking when I studied textiles at university and it took me right back to doing that Um so yeah, I think it's just kind of it's really made me think about what's important to me, and I think you're totally right, Jaime. That you know we have developed a real friendship because we've been spending like one or two days a week together, you know, for the past sort of six months, and um, yeah, it's a great way to get to know somebody. It feels like we've known each other for much longer, I think, because yeah. of that. Yeah, that's lovely. It's lovely that there's this friendship has been sparked by just like you both bringing your ideas and your creativity together and it's just like a joy that you're now able to like celebrate other people's passions as well you know if there was just one lesson that you've learned this this year that's been really valuable what would you say that was i think you never stop learning that's the thing like you you're always improving and and i think the name of the project is Ten Thousand hours and that is you it takes ten thousand hours to become a master of your craft right and that's what we're doing we're Every day we're talking about what can we do to improve the project? What can we do to learn? And it's just talking with people. And every time we talk with someone, we're like, oh, maybe we could do this for the next one. Or maybe we should do this for the, for this one. Or maybe the photos could be like this. Or maybe we could ask for this person, right? So I think it's just a constant learning. And that's the great thing about the project. It's just constantly learning and evolving and and I mean, the project could look like this today, but in a year, two years time, it could look completely different. I think that's so true. That's what keeps life exciting, isn't it? Just constantly thinking about how you can do things better and what's next. And how you've been talking about possibly hand binding the next book, haven't you? And making it much more kind of tactile. So, oh, yeah, wow. it's really exciting to think about how we can make everyone a little bit different, you know. And yeah, like you say, how we can improve on every everyone that we do. 
I went to a, an online workshop a, a couple of months ago and someone said something that really stuck with me and it was about what a true collaboration is. And they said that if it's like a real collaboration, a project, then it'll have everyone's like individual thumbprint on it. If you can see everyone's mark on that project, whatever the final thing is, whether it be a dance or a piece of theatre or a book or whatever it is, then it'll be like a true collaboration. And to me, it seems like this is the epitome of that. You've both put your heart and soul into it. I mean, I wonder, have you even calculated how many hours you've put into this? Because it sounds like you're you're, not, you're probably already hitting the 10,000 hour mark for sure. Like we might be. <laughs> we should do that, shouldn't we? We should keep a record of it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'd be, the top clock would be on. I'd be like, right. Our whatever number 2052. <laughs> Definitely is a good idea. I have the timeline in the front of the next book yeah. <laughs> showing we hit 10,000 hours. <laughs> well, everybody's, everybody else is trying to hit 10,000 steps a day, and you, you, you both are trying to hit 10,000 hours. <laughs> no, I really commend you both for like creating this thing together and, and because like you, you'll be seeing in the, the craft people and the you know the experts that you're collaborating with. It's that dedication that's needed and the, the, the attention to detail. And that's what you've obviously put into the to, to creating this book or and the, the series of books that you are going to create. I think that's true. Everything this year has kind of gone online, you know, and I think the world is moving very fast and a lot of the focus is on technology. And sometimes it's nice to really think about those people who are you know hands-on in what they're doing and really spending time making sure they're doing it amazingly and then putting that into something that you can feel you know that's a book that you can lift up and you can turn the pages and yeah it feels like it's kind of looking back to the past but um in quite a quite a modern way and I understand the tactile aspect of it you know you spoke about that Hemi as well like as much as it's amazing that you can read a book on online now you know a kindle or whatever there is just something about a physical book in your hands absolutely i i think it also comes from photography as well where everything is digital and everything is like you take a picture with your phone and everything is like on the cloud right but there's been a a, a massive renaissance of the of analog photography as well so photographers everywhere and now starting to shoot on film and trying to develop a home and things like that. And and it is that tactile element, right, that you want. And it's just like slowing things down a little bit. It's not scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. You're actually using your hands to touch the book, to, to move the pages. You feel the paper. You look at how the, the light shines on different sides of the paper and everything. Like, it's, it's a whole experience, right? Mm. And it takes, I think... Another, another concept behind making it into a book is we want to slow down people's perception of, of crafts, right? Nothing is instant. Yeah, you, it doesn't take five minutes to make um, a ceramic pot. It takes hours, right? I think it was quite, it was quite interesting to talk with him on, on Monday, who works with Ruud and he, who makes like wonderful furniture. And it takes him probably a couple of weeks to make a single piece of furniture, right? From the designing to the to the carving to the assembling, and it's just elevating that concept of like it just takes time. 
and we want you to enjoy it and spend that much time with us. Yeah, and it's not to get too philosophical about it, but we have learned this year, well, we've had no choice but to slow down, but that's not such a bad thing. And it's the mindful aspect of, like, noticing the world around you. And I think we're all, like, craving that tactile element anyway, like, just to be able to, like touch somebody else's hand would be lovely you know what I mean <laughs> but it's just that you know that like you were saying it's like reconnecting with nature and reconnecting with what's in front of you and whether that's a book or you know you're lifting a pencil and you're gonna put pen to paper or or whatever it is it's just that I think there's something really important in terms of mental health about that aspect of just like slow down and just notice the world around you Definitely. I think a lot of people have said to me that they've noticed the change of seasons more than they ever have before. And it's probably because we've had mad snowstorms and things as well. But uh, but I think we've definitely noticed that. I think we're kind of thinking that we'll produce one book per season. So I think travelling around, we've really we've really noticed that a lot more than than normal I think but yeah I think you're right and I think it's I really hope that it's something that people remember after things go back to normal you know because I think the last year has been really hard on people's mental health and I think the more that we can maintain that balance of work and other life the better really. Mm. And like, you know, the people that you're speaking to and you're you're highlighting, they've just nailed that aspect of like, it just takes time. But mm. the dedication and the passion that they have for it, they're quite willing to put in the 10,000 hours plus that it takes to make something. It's like, but you could just do it quicker. You could get a machine to do it or you could just skip that step or, you know, you, you don't need to hand bind the book. You could just get a machine. And it's like, well, no, because there's something just like lost in modern day society I think that we really need to claw back for sure in terms of just like take the time put in the effort um, because it's always worth it it's always worth it it is for sure even though there's quite often not really much financial return I think that's when you can tell that people just absolutely love what they do because they're not getting paid a fortune for it but they don't want to stop because they just love it no, it's wonderful. I'm so excited to see what you got up to next. And obviously with the restrictions easing up, it'll just be a joy for you both to get out and about and, and have more freedom. Like I'm sure that'll spark even more creativity in you both. I think so. We're looking forward to that as well. Absolutely. It will give us an opportunity to also bring people together. Uh, we've, we've been talking for a long time to like do a little show at the cafe and just showing the images and inviting people over and and then some like drinks and another little reception and just do like a proper launch of the book, which hasn't happened really. Of course, yeah, that's the thing. You've missed out on that opportunity, that celebration, that coming together. So yeah, that'll that'll definitely need to happen when it's when we're all allowed to, to be in the room again. Ah! Absolutely. With some tasty food. Celebrate all the food producers we're working with. <laughs> so good. So good. Now, I did tell you about this, Eleanor, but um, Jaime, what I do at the end of the podcast is I ask my guests some of my hingamajig questions. Now, these are just random questions. I have a list of like 70 odd. You know, you don't get to know these in advance. So it's just like your answer today. It might be different tomorrow. Jaime's looking a bit worried. <laughs> well, it's okay. I do, I do the same thing. I do a series of interviews with photographers as well. I basically 
put photographers together and I make this narrative with their images. And then I'm also working with interviews uh, just to like showcase their work and just showcase the, the individual artists that are part of it. And I always ask like random question that sparks from the conversation. So I Love think it. the first one was like, what's your favorite pizza? Then another one was like, what's your favorite bird? What is that project called? Can people find that online as well? Yeah, yeah, it's called, um, the project is called Let the River Flow. And it's basically a conversation among 20 photographers where one image starts a conversation and everyone has to reply to that previous image. Ah, that's yeah. clever. Yeah. It's like you, Eleanor, with your artwork as well. Like, it's like not sticking labels on people. Like, we can be multifaceted people. We have lots of interests and lots of things on the go. And a lot of creatives, like, are constantly spinning a lot of plates. But that it just, they all fuel each other. Like, your conversations with those other photographers will just be fueling back into the 10,000 Hours Project. And you're refinding your artwork and the, the space to do that, Eleanor, that'll just be then working into this project as well. Like, I love that. I think that's how a lot more people are going these days, isn't it? I think we call it portfolio careers, um, especially in the creative industry, because it's quite hard often to find a job that kind of pays what you need it to. So you've got to go off and do a load of different things. But um, but you're totally right. Every every bit of it does inspire the rest, which is amazing. Um, I must say at this point, like what I've seen of your what you've shared on Instagram, Eleanor, your your work's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's been incredible, actually, the response. I never expected it. You know, I've only really been on, I, I never used Instagram before, but I kind of heard that was the place to go with art. And, uh, and I've only really been on there since the beginning of the year. And it's been amazing. Yeah, the response from people and just the link with other artists as well. And, you know, people that I have huge amounts of respect for that are very well established artists in their field you know that you're kind of just having a chat with on Instagram and you're just kind of like you know they reply to your comments you're like oh you know like you've met some kind of celebrity famous person you're like oh um but just so much inspiration on there it's really it's amazing to see yeah just how many talented people there are out there in the UK it's really incredible yeah including yourself Jaime like your photography is just stunning beautiful I can just understand why you both found each other and you've created this project like you're both insanely talented thank you so yeah the hingamajigs oh yeah <laughs> random questions that you're both going to beautifully answer today for me I'll start with um, a relatively easy one she says can you finish this sentence I have always wanted to travel around the world I was gonna say travel to Africa as well so that's really weird. <laughs> I feel maybe, a book coming on. I feel a book. <laughs> Do it. Make it happen as soon as we're allowed. <laughs> You've created this beautiful friendship for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Love it. Um, Favourite view? That's such a hard one. Um. There's a load of beaches around where I live in Dunbar that have just, like, I've, I got a dog since moving here and they're absolutely phenomenally beautiful. Tinningham, I would say, is probably my favourite. It's just so stunning. But I think also Arthur's Seat. I think when me and Jaime went there with Anna and took photographs there, it just, it blows you away every time you go there. You just forget how magnificent it is until you're in it. And it's amazing to have that right in the middle of a city is just phenomenal there's uh where i graduated from falmouth university and there's the main pier 
uh, called Prince of Wales. And then you just sit there and you just like see the bay and you have all the, the boats just parked. But it's not just the view of the boats, but it's the, the sound of like all the metal clinking and the, the seagulls and the waves. Yeah, I think that's like one of the, yeah, one of the ones that I always remember to be really, it's very peaceful. Perfect answers. Oh, use it all over the hangamajigs. <laughs> I, I feel I feel a food question coming on. I feel a food question. We've not we've clearly not spoken about food enough. Um, favorite childhood meal. I used to do this thing. So in Colombia we have like stews for everything, right? Like they do stews for everything, and there's like a chicken and potato stew with like with potatoes and onions and um, and tomato sauce. Right, and they just put in the pressure cook it and it's, it cooks for hours. But what I used to do, and you have that with, with rice and avocado sometimes, what I used to do was to like take all the chicken off the bone and mash the potatoes and mix everything like a paste. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. I just love it. Sounds good. It sounds a bit ringing as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mind eating mushy food. Like, it just it the same thing. I'm with you there, baby. That sounds delightful. <laughs> There's an idea for the, the larder there for you, Eleanor. <laughs> I'm not sure that would be a bestseller. Listen, I'm just putting out there, but I mean, I can see the Jaime special taking off. <laughs> I think mine. Um, we did quite a lot of barbecues and things when I was growing up. I lived in America for a little while, and. Um, we lived near Boston and we used to go to this place called Ashland and it was this beautiful lake and it had all these barbecues all the way around it. And so we would sit, like, we'd go swimming through the day and then we'd sit in, like, barbecue hot dogs in the evening. So I think that's my, yeah, big childhood food memory. Nice one. Most treasured possession and why? It's quite recent, but apparently my granddad gave me a little stretch Armstrong. Yes. When I was a kid, that's long gone, but they sell it in Aldi. They sell a stretch Armstrong in Aldi. Do they? No. I mean, I'm not surprised, actually. Why yes. am I using do they? in the so, middle aisle? Yes. Yes. So I bought, I bought it last Christmas. Well, my partner bought it for me for Christmas. And it's going to stay in the box until the day I have grandkids. Oh, that's, that's lovely. Like, it's lovely. And I'm not that big into material things, but that just sparks a lot of like sentiments. Yeah, totally. I love that. That's such a nice story. That's cool. How do I follow that? <laughs> <laughs> the pressure. <laughs> oh, I was going to say my engagement ring. That's just way too obvious. So I'm going to go with something from one of my grandparents as well, who all passed away a long, long time ago. But I got on amazingly well with my gran, who was an artist. She was a botanist and she used to do paintings of flowers all the time. And she gave me like, well, when she passed away, my dad gave me a box of her things, which I still use quite a lot of, like her paintbrushes and things. So, yeah, I really... I think about her a lot when I'm in the studio using them. Perfect. Love those answers. I do switch up all these questions for every guest, but my last question that I do ask everyone is, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? I mean, it's not a word, but the way the way Scottish people say hi, mate, I just love it. <laughs> I just really like it. 
I just it's just like something different, but it's still Jaime. It's I mean it's a beautiful name. I don't know. There's so many to choose from. I love things that are descriptive, like Drich, you know, um, that kind of thing. And I, I quite like the word pants and the way it's used in, you know, in Scottish. I use that quite a lot. Just pants. COVID is pants. <laughs> COVID is pants. Yeah. That should that should definitely be on a, a greetings card for sure. Yeah. COVID is pants. Yes. <laughs> I don't think MD said pants actually on the podcast, Eleanor. So you might be a first there. <laughs> I can't thank you both enough for joining the Brawl Brave clan. I think it's absolutely wonderful what you're doing. And I love that this project has come out of a really challenging, difficult year. As creatives yourselves and as business owners, it's been tough. Like we've not been able to to work as we would normally. And just to know that you've found, you know, some joy in being able to be creative and you've built this friendship together and you're able to support and promote other people other creatives i think it's it's wonderful so i just have to congratulate you both and i wish you all the best thanks so much same to you and uh thanks for having us on total pleasure you're now in the clan so you'll be promoted to the high heavens now on it well on instagram i'll be all over it we'll look forward to that (laughs) (laughs) and hopefully we'll actually get to meet in real life one day that'd be nice you'll have to come to our final launch for the ten thousand hours book and eat lots of nice foods I am there for the Jaime special, I'm just saying. (laughs) Get it on. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.